You look very fetching in your black turtleneck. Thank you. I wish I'd bought a hundred of these. This is like why Howard Hughes was right. If you find something that you like, buy a shitload of them. <laughs> you just need a warehouse to put them in. You remember a long, long time ago, we were talking about Second Life. Mm-hmm. Like in 2006, 2007? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was supposed to be the next big thing. Well, now I, I follow a lot of architecture and design things, and I picked this up at Design. People are probably aware that these are being created, but I don't know if they're aware of to the degree. There are these fabulously designed virtual homes that you can Mm. buy out there. They are digital or virtual architects. Mm -hmm. And the particular one I'm talking about, the architect here is Elba de la Fuente. Mm -hmm. But the guy who really seems to be the fellow who, his name is Andres Resinger. Anyway, he's a digital artist who seems to be behind a lot of it. And you have to go and see this place because I could never do it justice. It's called the Winter House. They wanted to remind us of winter. First of all, you see it. It's extremely modernist. They did it, the whole thing, sort of in honor of Dieter um, Rims. The guy who did designed all the Braun products, yeah, I think Dieter is what Rams, it was. Yeah, Dieter Rams, I was wrong. Yeah, I, went and I spent the whole day looking at his website today, and he did some gorgeous design. So this, this winter house is like this big, glorious glass box that's out in the middle of a white snowy field full of fir trees covered in snow Mm -hmm. and the furniture inside is all pink and the furniture has all been designed by Bressinger Mm -hmm. because he does all that and it's it's a little bit off but he said he likes it to be a little bit off and he does these fabulous chairs like did you go and look at it this Mm -hmm. thing has got an elevator inside of it yeah it has accent pink color which you think would sound, you know, look, icky. Sort of that millennium pink, not candy floss pink, but a slightly um, band-aid color pink, for lack of a more evocative (laughs) term. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, or maybe scab-picking pink. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like a scab-picking pink. And so the idea here, and it is very, like, minimalist, oh, modernist, and the idea here would be... You know, for the coming of the idea of the metaverse, right? That you would buy this fabulous place and, you know, I would come to Kathy's fabulous winter palace and and hang out and you and I would visit or you would have virtual parties in in the metaverse in your little unique digital home that's all very designy. Then the other thing I spent a lot of the time today on, I thought, okay, not like I'm going to buy this house, but if I did... You're going to have to have, people are going to have to have avatars. What are they going to do? You know, like just have bubble pops? Hi, fabulous sofa. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The thing that I have seen and the thing that this made me think about, which is why it's important to look at the images of it, is that it's very beautiful. And I like the way they didn't try to necessarily make it quote unquote realistic exactly. Like it's more intended to evoke the feeling of like a comforting warm oasis in a wintry landscape like it's not specifically supposed to be in a particular winter location it's just wintry and i like that they're trying to evoke something genuinely virtual that might be 
an advantage over the real or an advantage over just chatting to somebody on Zoom, you know, so I liked all that. And this is what I find with the look of avatars and even our kind of proto metaverse types of spaces is they really have to be pretty great to be appealing. Like, I don't know if you watched any of the Mark Zuckerberg meta videos about the future of the metaverse. No, I didn't. There are a bunch of different scenarios and he's meeting with his colleagues and one of them looks like a animal and the other one's like a robot or whatever. It's like, no one fucking wants that. People want the holodeck, right? That's what people want. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But do and you think it's a generational thing? Like, do you think that younger people... I, I, I can't imagine my nieces or nephews or anybody over, let's say, 25 or maybe 30 wanting to run around with a Hello Kitty. <laughs> you know, I think the generation coming up does certainly feel very comfortable hanging out in online spaces, right? Not just being online, but like hanging out with their friends in game yeah. spaces or whatever. But I think for the purposes of conversation... What I can't get past is this sort of feeling that we always forget that we're animals. If I'm in a Zoom conf conference with you and I can't tell if you're looking at me or looking at yourself or looking at another tab on your computer, that is a deeply unsatisfying experience. Or if there's even a little bit of lag in our connection, that's deeply unsatisfying. Yeah. So I think, you know, you can look at those architectural spaces and they're really beautiful. But like to me, a lot of it is, well, what is the avatar representation within those spaces going to be like you can even imagine like let's say you get this fabulous house in a digital space and you have like a party and like somebody turns up in their goofy <laughs> do, 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 hello kitty it's like i Whoa. came to the party badly dressed right i'm like <laughs> i really need to go back and get my like uh, gucci outfit on because yeah. this is not uh i didn't <laughs> see anything that you could buy anything like that or get mm. anything like that and then, was... but that's what they're talking about they're talking about digital fashion and those kinds of things and and i think you know for that to work you do really ha it has to really offer an experience that you can't actually have like you know, you look at these experiences and they don't actually look that different than what Second Life looked like when you and I, I were knocking around in there, right? Except like I liked our avatars in there. What was your avatar name? Babe Lilyhook. Mine was and Intention Hoisting. Yeah. <laughs> After the sauce. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought, hmm, maybe I'll play around in there. But the only thing I thought that was really interesting is, is that you have to pay for them. Mm -hmm. And it's like everything in the metaverse is going to have a price tag. So you're going to have two realities. You're going to have your digital ideal reality and your ideal, it's called the winter house, if I didn't mention that before. Mm -hmm. And people can hang out in Kathy's winter house as long as they come properly dressed and not mm -hmm. wearing you know, cartoon <laughs> costumes. But what about people who can't afford that? So mm -hmm. we're going to have... Is it going to open the, the chasm between haves and have-nots even all that much more? Yeah, I think so. I think that if you ask Mark Zuckerberg, he's imagining billions of people in what seems to me like the equivalent of a shopping mall. Yeah. The metaverse, and then there'll be people who live in sort of at least elite experiences um, akin to this. Have you seen his avatar? It's stupid. 
and slightly creepy. But that's what I mean, is if it just reads as like a bland version of Mark Zuckerberg or whatever, like where's the appeal in that? Like, like I'd rather have a Flintstones character, you know, like Anne Margrock or something like that. <laughs> you know, you can come into the party, hello darling, or Tallulah Bankhead. Hello darling, <laughs> what's the matter? <laughs> Haven't you ever seen a lesbian before? <laughs> <laughs> but like, that would be fun. The furniture, or all the different types of furniture that um, Andre Ressinger, whose name I'm having a very hard time with for some reason, is it's lovely. Mm-hmm. It really is lovely. And I did spend some time looking for avatar sites. So I think, Andres, that you better get going on to your avatar design. Mm-hmm. Offer people because, the complete experience. Well, yeah, because the people, the avatars do not look fabulous, and the, the home does. You don't want to be like a... Holly Hobby avatar in a Dieter Rahm's house. No. <laughs> <laughs> Lark kitty. I don't know. Lark kitty. Comes stomping into the house. Yeah. Like a giant hello kitty. <gasps> she ruined the winter house. <laughs> anyway, so you have something really cool. Yeah, it's, it's actually not a long thing. It's, in a way, it's more of a recommendation that people check out this article. It's by Alan Lightman in The Atlantic. It's called This Is No Way to Be Human. Yeah. <laughs> Happy February. Yeah. This is no way to be human. Um, and he's basically talking about something that, you know, I think a lot of us have thought about is this idea that we are really so radically disconnected from nature and from natural experiences and you know he cites examples like the average American spends more than nine hours a day in front of a screen which I think is probably true for me I would say certainly during the week that's true for me and just talking about how we've created what he calls a nature-less world and he sort of sees these two impacts of it broadly speaking one being that from an evolutionary perspective we have many, many, many thousands of years of living deeply connected and intimately with nature and seeing ourselves as part of the natural world. And one example he gives is the first house with a roof was only 5,000 years ago. Yeah. So there's that disconnect between how we are living and how, you know, our brains and our bodies are built from an evolutionary perspective. But then he also just talks about that sense of wholeness that we're missing. That's the, the almost spiritual dimension of it, that there is something when you feel yourself to be like lost in a broader natural environment, which I think, you know, anyone who spends a lot of time or even a little time in nature, like in the woods, has had that experience of feeling like there's something bigger than you, there's something more powerful than you, that you are nonetheless deeply connected to and deeply a part of. And I have often felt like rampant rates of anxiety in our culture have a lot to do with these kinds of things where we're so disconnected from feeling part of something bigger than ourselves. You know, when you're just thinking of yourself as I'm responsible for everything and what am I doing with my life and what's going wrong with my life, like that's a recipe for anxiety. Yeah, when I was in university, I did a lot of reading about the notion of the sublime. Mm -hmm. You know, um, just think about, I don't know, like a Turner painting or something like that. There is something, I think, now, I don't get a feeling of the sublime when I'm staring at a screen mm-hmm. or when I'm looking at a skyscraper or mm-hmm. a, a huddle of hulking skyscrapers in downtown Toronto. But I've been spending a lot more time out in the country lately, like usually about at least four days a week. Yep. And it's been bloody cold, but if you wear the right gear, man, it was blissful this past mm, weekend. Mm-hmm. I was out every day. I was taking pictures. I was playing with the dog. 
and just actually staring at the sky mm -hmm. and just at how the, you know, the different slants of light mm -hmm. and things that we just don't see and the colors, mm -hmm. the colors and the color, the magenta in the sky. And I think that we're just obfuscating it all with buildings. Like, well, you're going from having a house with a backyard that you could see outside and at least see the sky. <laughs> Like, well, you can see the sky from where you are now. It's just it's like, do that hellscape you're living in now. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful hellscape. No, no, no. But how do you feel? Like, do you notice a difference? Um, I noticed the difference of not being able to be. I mean, it's, you know, it's weird in the winter because I can't say I go and sit in my backyard a lot in the middle of the winter or whatever, like at the, at the house. But, um, what what I mostly notice is the acoustical environment that it is it's much much louder, mm -hmm. and I find for me that is that feeling that gets in the way of feeling like you know that really restorative quality of nature where you feel like things are just quiet, because of how we we overlook a park and then there's another like the, it, there aren't buildings really close to us so mm -hmm. it's not that I can't see the sky but I definitely notice, you know I make a point of going for a walk every day because <laughs> that's where the bar's set. I'm going to go for a walk every day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's like this weird sort of parkour that you do, like through an urban environment to find like the little parks that are connected and find like little ways. And I have this pathway that I take that eventually takes me to Coronation Park where there actually are like big trees and, you know, you can walk along by the lake and stuff like that. Oh, that's a good huff. Um, but I feel like <laughs> rat in a maze like looking for the little bits of nature cheese <laughs> along, <laughs> along the way it's, um, <laughs> look, look, look. there's no grass there <laughs> yeah um, so yeah it's a, it's a different very different experience and I'm going to have to see how I feel about it it may just you know maybe it just requires like being more diligent about getting out of the city or getting out of downtown not just once on the weekend but like more frequently yeah no, no, you should. And actually, just in closing, I thought that was a beautiful article, and I would really encourage other people to read it. Yeah. And this, there was just this passage um, that he says, that he cites, that may require building social systems where people have less to fear from the future and from one another, mm. where they have room to breathe and can relax their grip on whatever scraps of wealth that they can get a hold of. It may require economies where basic safety and comfort are givens, and there is room to think about intrinsic goods that are less resource intensive, such as friendship, reflection, and just learning to feel wonder at the world. Unfortunately, to state the obvious, a lot of our fractious politics and unequal economies is running in the opposite direction now, mm -hmm. which made me sad. But I think the rest of it is so true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer to end the episode <laughs> on, isn't it? But I have some nice cheese for us. <gasps> okay, let's go eat the cheese. Okay. Like then we can go out in the maze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All thanks right. a lot for thanks, listening, yeah, folks. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, let us know what you think at thesniffer.net. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Do you, bye -bye. Feel, like a yeah. Do you feel like a rat in the maze? In spite of my rage, I'm still just a rat, rat in the cage. <laughs> <laughs>